0: What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm gonna give you the truth straight, no chaser. Glad to have you board. Let's get it. Welcome to episode seventy-five of Jacques Talk. I'm John Jacques Taylor, joined by my boy Big Joe and the Big Red for episode number seventy-five. So I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so. Seventy-five. Who comes to mind?
1: I got three numbers. Joe Green, of course. Uh, Jethro Pugh, I think, from the Cowboys That just popped into my mind. Old Jeth- that's, that's the old Cowboys, and maybe Tony Casillas.
0: Screw Tony Casillas. Roger that. He's a seven letter cuss word. All right, then. Uh, so now we and, know. And, <laughs> right. If you didn't know, now you know. And let me tell y'all something. Ain't got nothing to do with no media relationship. I had a personal dealing with him. And he turned out to be a seven letter cuss word. Uh, but. You know, Mean Joe Green was a number that came up to mind right away for me. And then Jethro Pugh, I was sitting here trying to go. Like, I think that's number 75 uh, because his son, Trey, went to uh, Skyline. And so uh, I always had a uh, certain affinity for uh, Trey just because he went to Skyline. How about that?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I like that. It's all good. That's what I'm saying. That just gotta be right we might want to check that but I think it was 75 with Jethro nah, I
0: mean, that's the number that came in my head so I assume it to be correct and trust me right? somebody will tell us if it ain't Roger uh, that. what I need you to do right now is take two seconds go to YouTube click up the real Jacques Talk subscribe like leave us a comment that helps grow the show and uh, helps us get a few things accomplished that we're trying to go get done down the road uh, you can also find us on IG at the Real Jacques Talk, and then you can find me on Twitter at uh, JJT Journalist. I am jean Jacques Taylor. Is the handle uh, if you're. And this happened to me almost yesterday, uh, coming back late night from a uh, my daughter's uh, birthday gathering. Uh, I, was, I almost got run off. I almost got run off the road, uh, and so if you're involved in an accident and it doesn't matter whether it's a car or an 18-wheeler, and it's not your fault, somebody else's negligence has caused you some harm, what you need to do is pick up the phone and call 972-934-8900. And when they pick up the phone at Greening Law, all you really have to do is say, here's my situation, what do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a fantastic day for you. It really has been. uh, Because they take care of literally... Everything, literally, not whatever that word is I tried to say. Uh, (laughs) And they want you to focus on two things, health and renewal. And so if you get your mind right and you get your body right, you can get your life back. And that's really what they want you focused on, healing and renewal. Get your mind back, get your body back, get your life back. It's really that simple. And to do that, if you need a doctor, hey, they got a doctor for you. They'll find one for you, set up the appointment. You need to go see a specialist. Guess what, doc? They can find you a specialist, set up that appointment as well, because they don't want you worried about anything except getting your your life back. Now, I always like to tell folks this. One of the best things they do is they don't get paid unless you get paid. So you ain't never got to worry about where they are on the priority list. They're all about you and making sure that you're being taken care of. Uh, Because for them That's the quickest way To get you back And get you back On the life That you were used to living So give them a call 972-934-8900 It's Greening Law If you've ever been involved In an accident And it's not your fault Somebody else's negligence And it doesn't matter Workplace You know Medical malpractice Any of that If somebody else's negligence Has caused you some pain Give Greening Law a call 972-934-8900 Now We got Todd Archer coming up right about now. Let's give him a call, Doc, see what he's up to. He's at the Combine in Indianapolis where uh, where the Cowboys got the coaching staff. Jerry's up there. Steven's up there. I think Todd is supposed to talk to Steven today. Jerry usually doesn't talk to the end of the week. And then we got uh, Mike Zimmer and Mike McCarthy sitting at the crib. Hello. Todd Archer, what's up, bro? How you doing? What's going on? All right. Hey, yeah, we're doing great, man. I appreciate you coming on. I know you got a busy day up in Indy. Uh, have you been to St. Elmo's yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Oh,
2: that's kind of overrated, to be honest with you.
0: Well, see, this is spicy Tide. See, I told I told about my first experience. Nobody told me the horseradish on the on the shrimp cocktail and blew my blew my eyelids off. Um, <laughs> now, see, I, you know, I was also telling people, you know, all these years I covered the Cowboys. I really think I only went to Indianapolis one time. And that was the year that uh, they were searching for a head coach with Chan Gailey because every other year I was uh, I chose the the senior bowl over uh, over Indianapolis
2: in the combine. Now how many combines? I know yeah, I know we were together. I always did the combine.
0: Right, and that's and really the, the trade-off bowl. we made and it uh, worked out for me. Uh, so how many combines is this for you?
2: Uh I've probably missed two or so since 1998. That's a lot of
0: them. Uh, you like the com- them. You, you like working
2: the combine? I used to like it better when there was more stuff and more people here and more things to, to get. Now it's kind of different. Obviously, Mike McCarthy's not here, so we're not getting him, right? Um, you know, we'll get Jerry like we always do. We'll get Steven like we always do. But there's no big agent meeting anymore. That was a good place to go and hang out and right. get information on your team. That They don't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like, all the years that I've come to the Combine, I didn't really cover the Combine. You're covering your team at the Combine. so. Right. Um, but, like, I remember, you know, this is way back in the day, coming out of one of the Combines, I think it was 06, 05, 06, something like that, where I'm like, okay, these are the three guys the Cowboys are going to sign, Marco Rivera, Jason Ferguson, and Anthony Andre, and this first day <laughs> of free agency. The first day of free agency, we had a story about here are the Cowboys' targets, and they signed all three of those guys on day one. Damn, that's pretty good. So, and I remember Parcells, who told you all that? I thought, no one did, Bill.
0: <laughs> I just read the tea leaves, baby. Uh, yeah. How come uh, Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike Zimmer are not there?
2: Um,. Uh, theoretically to get more work done in the office. And I, I can understand. Um, I can understand that to a degree. I do think it's important to be here. I think they could have maybe been at the combine and, and done their work on the scheme and on the staff and things that, you know, the, there are cell phones, you can do things remotely. <laughs> um, but then the, the counter argument is the same about, you know, you can still get all that stuff done and be involved in the meetings with the players Uh, that you're interviewing, you know, from from a thousand miles away. So, but yeah, I mean, they don't need to come and see the guys run a 40 or shuttle drill or, you know, any of that kind of stuff They they can watch that on TV, like all of us. Right. And you know, where the teams set up, they're all in suites inside the stadium. So think of like where the suites are at AT AT&T stadium. That's how far away these guys are from the action too. Right. So it's not like they're, up close and personal and um, you know, seeing the whites of their eyes kind of thing when, when these guys are, are working out. So I, it, it's a little bit of a big deal. Cause I guess maybe it's just different. Uh, but I, in the end, I don't know how much of a big deal it actually wound up being in, in terms of who they end up taking and why they end up taking them.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, now we moving to your favorite topic, the draft, Um <laughs>
2: I really like he the doesn't hips like to on cornerback from Toledo that uh, you know, really at a shutdown game against Miami, Ohio, uh, you know, he's gonna he's a guy that's the top of my draft board. That's Please really why Todd doesn't like the draft. Sarcasm. He
0: he doesn't like all the the made up draft gurus. Uh, right. but that being said, what do you see as the Cowboys needs?
2: Okay, it's always contingent on what they do in free agency, right? So let, well, let's I assume they ain't gonna do that. nothing
0: in free agency. Which they never well, did. they
2: usually fill their holes, right? Right. You, you know what I'm saying. So they do, they can go into the draft with a pure board. So, but let's. But I don't think anything that they do in free agency should necessarily take them out of the market for a linebacker. They need more one linebacker, obviously. I, I think that's their. I, I, personally, I, I still think center. Uh, let me just say offensive line. I, I think that's probably would be the number one issue in my mind. Um because you don't know what Tyron Smith, you don't know what Tyler Biotis, where they're going to be. So th- those they, they have to find some answers there. Um, you can always draft a wide receiver. We think they're going to move on from Michael Gallup. You can always draft a cornerback. You don't know if Gilmore or Jordan Lewis will be back. Um, you can always draft defensive linemen because you always need defensive linemen. So it, 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 the, the, the needs are there, but I think the priorities in my mind have to start with the offensive line. How come? Lifeblood of your team. I hate to be like the that kind of guy, about <laughs> the, you know, it's, it's in the trenches and all that stuff. Don't get mad at me, Joe. No, um, uh, no, no, no.
1: I said, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I always want to say this. It's a uh, good morning, Todd. Uh, big Joe in the big rig from Jacques Talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm glad to see you finally got some of that barbecue there, Joe.
1: <laughs> there you go. You are welcome to get you a bowl now, Todd. I appreciate you holding out for a brother. See what I'm saying? Much love. Uh, I said the same thing earlier uh, this week, that uh, the offensive line is is most important unit of your football team. So I concur with what you're saying.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, when these, what's the best thing that the Cowboys have done in the last 12 years? It's draft offensive linemen early, especially yeah. Tyron Smith, Travis, Zach Martin, Tyler Smith. Um, you know. So they've they've done a, a, a really good job at doing that and they know how to identify identifying, whereas in years past maybe they didn't do such a good job with that. I think um, the, I
1: think one of the hardest things in the draft is is to draft big people. Why? Yeah. It's just because it's it's uh, what am I trying to say? You always say that word. I'm gonna have to why. Uh because because big people, it's like um, when you grade them, the competition is not the same as it is in the NFL. Are they going off of their strength? Are they size? Do they have? You know, when you're in college, you have an advantage of your strength and your size. In the wow. NFL is more technique. Why do you and think you it, can
2: project skill guys easier? More, I, I would yeah. say easier than yeah than the big guys. Well, somebody like
1: Dominican Sue the first couple of years. He didn't dominate because in the college he just threw people out of the way. And guys that had good technique was killing him, you know. So, it's one of them things that them guys got to get the technique and understand the strength of the NFL and technique and all that stuff. So that's why.
2: Sounds like you just made a nice reason to not give up on Mozzie Smith yet. Well, we,
0: well we, you we know. Have, <laughs> we
1: argue that all the time. So,
2: we discussed yeah. that all the time. I think <laughs> it's a <laughs> Michigan thing, myself. <so. laughs> no. Well, Jordan uh, Lewis went to Michigan. He, he's been a good player. And yeah. you, can't, you can't use the helmets as a did reason we, why.
1: Well, I think Jordan Davis in, in uh, Philadelphia, where he was he was garbage pretty much his first year last You know, it looked like he couldn't breathe every play his first year. And this year, he was pretty good. So Jalen Carter came out pretty good anyway. But I'm saying sometimes it takes time.
0: Uh, did we figure out, Todd, why Mazi Smith lost so much weight?
2: Good question. You, what did you to say, I Joe? I good question. Um, I think it's more... Hmm, I thought I answered this with y'all, but maybe I didn't. I don't... They, they didn't... My understanding is they didn't focus on the run much. In practice, it was all about the games they would play up front and pass rush, and how they wanted to move around and uh-huh. get guys going, and all this kind of stuff. So what he did well, or was supposed to do well, Was not something that was practiced a bunch. So in his mind, he's seeing this. He's like, "Well, if I want to play, I better get my pass rush going." That's, I'm I'm just coming up with a potential reason. Not saying that is the reason. Um, and uh, because, but even when they drafted him, right? Like when he showed up at the the next day, it's like, man, this guy's three hundred twenty three pounds, but. He doesn't look three hundred twenty three pounds. He was kind of put together a little bit, like not like Tyron Smith, because no one's like Tyron Smith, but like just he didn't look like he a he like a fat guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. And and then by the end of the season, you know, you start hearing he's like, you know, he's two hundred ninety seven pounds, and do da do do. do, do. Um, I just think he just needs to do a lot of growing up from a how to how to play the game per, on the field, and then how to get ready to play the game off the field. I, I think. This is obviously a huge year for him. I'm not of the belief like you got to give these guys time and da-da-da-da. no, not anymore. You need these guys to play right away, the way the NFL is going. So he better play this year. He better be. I'm not saying he's got to be an All-Pro or a Pro Bowl or anything like that, but he better better be a guy that is solidly in your rotation and impacting games much more obviously than he did with four snaps in the playoff game.
0: No, this is uh, this is very true with uh, with Michael Gallup. We assume getting cut. You think uh, where do you think receiver fits in?
2: Well, we're assuming he's getting cut, right? Can we say it that way?
0: I think I said I said if I tried not to make it a blanket
2: statement. Okay, I I didn't hear the if part Um,
0: because I don't think Mike is trash. I think Mike coming back from that knee injury, you know, I think there's a role for him in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I think from yeah, on the Cowboys, it's just so we had we yeah we had something that we had to do last week of like pick someone who just needs a, a fresh start a new a new place or and I picked Michael not because like what you're saying not because he can't play or he's lost there he's not any good it's just sometimes it's just time runs out on a guy in a certain spot and this has been two years now like is it's they always tell us well it's the second year after the ACL that you come back and you're feeling fine and duh. Do- which I'm sure he was fine physically. His numbers were worse this past season. So, what, but then you look in the playoff game, and he was he was outstanding. Like he he had one probably his best game of the season. But when you factor in, I think he's got four million dollars that's guaranteed by the fifth day of the league year or something like yeah. that. So that's when they need to make their decision. Uh, before then, because and I think he's mad. I couldn't even tell you what was it, eight and a half million total that he's making or something like that. Um, you need more production. And so if you're getting, if you're moving on from him, then, and you have Brandon cooks is in the last year of his deal. Well, then you got to look, okay. You hope Tolbert can make another jump. You like Jalen Brooks. Maybe he can make a jump, but you can make a case for maybe not at 24, unless they're staring at another CD lamb, right. Right. Or 26 or whatever the hell they're picking. Um, That you can make a case for a receiver pretty early because let's be honest, once you get past the fourth round, yeah, you throw I mean, darts. You're, you're hitting it open, right? You, you, you have no, you really don't know how what a guy is gonna. You're not gonna expect a fifth round receiver to come in as a rookie and and catch your thirty five balls,
0: right? Uh, I was gonna say because you just made me look up Gallup's totals, and they're worse than I thought they were. Like Gallup, Wait, plus he's it's a like
2: thirty four catches, right?
0: Well, the last three years, this is a passing lead. They throw the ball. He hasn't caught more than 39 passes in the last three years. Yeah. And he had not had more than 445 yards receiving in the last three years. And so when you just look at those numbers, you're just like, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, he's not Alvin Harper where he's catching, you know, 30 passes for 600 yards. You can live with that. So, you know, at that and he's getting ready to be 28. You just like well, you've had a good run here, my brother. I holla.
2: Yeah, and then you know they talk. Whoa, you know he's really an axe, and he's not a guy you know that you you want to try to get him to move around and put him in different spots. Man, it's year seven. If he's not been able to figure this stuff out yet, he that's just not going to happen. Like, so that's why I just think he needs a fresh start to help himself, and the Cowboys probably need a fresh start to help themselves, just to clear the decks and and start a start another process over with a a guy you drafted in the third round like like kinda like what they did with Terrence Williams third round pick, Michael Gallup, third round pick. I was pick. gonna
0: say kind of like they did with guy. Gallup. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh I just think uh, when I look at his numbers, he was so much more productive his first three years than his last three years for whatever reason. Um, you know, but now he's just a guy, so uh you ain't trying to pay him. and he and he's been blessed. He got the big contract most people don't get so yeah, it was good for him and it was good for them for a minute. But it's, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if it's time to move on to get a receiver. Uh, looks like their running back room is clear. Where do they find a running back? Veteran or free agency? I mean, or uh, the both. draft?
2: Or how both? About, how about both? Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily close the door on Tony Pollard. I mean, I don't know why it was newsworthy so much that they're not going to put the tag on him again. You mean they're not going to? Pay him twelve million dollars this year after he wasn't as good the previous year. Um, what would be a good I,
0: number yeah. for Tony Pollard? Yeah, that's if a great were the question. GM.
2: Six, five, damn six.
0: Because if I'm Tony Pollard, I'd probably take that. Stay in the system where they know me. They, I go back to being the split guy, and uh, maybe they can find. Maybe they can find. Uh, the plays I ran well two years ago, maybe they can find them back in the offense again.
2: Well, and here, like the 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 analytics of it, like the expected yards and the uh, yards after contact and things like that. Like I, I want to say, in the last five, six, seven games, he was one of the best in the league. Yeah, like I mean, he had thirteen hundred scrimmage yards last year. That was second among running backs. Only Derrick Henry had more than, than him. Um, and I think we talked last week on like if you had to pick between Saquon and Henry, I'd take Henry. Um, right. And maybe you, you know I, it's all going to come down to price, but you know I can see Pollard back with the Cowboys again, and then they draft the guy. And and what you you can find a running back in the fourth round that can actually help you as a rookie. Whereas I think as a receiver in the fourth fifth round, I think that's harder to do. I know there's exceptions. I know there's. Puka Nakua's and all that stuff, but <laughs> I'm not banking on that every year, you know.
0: No, if Puka was going, if you knew Puka was going to do what he did, he wouldn't have been in the fourth or fifth round. He'd have been a first round pick,
2: right? Well, and I think some of his numbers are a result of the system. Cooper Cup being hurt and the quarterback. Yeah, like if he went somewhere else as a fifth round pick, if he went to Denver, he ain't doing that. Nope. You know, so that's that's why all this stuff about it for all these guys. And this is probably because I covered the Bengals for a few years. There there are guys who will quote draft buffs with the Bengals that I just think. If they were somewhere else, they would have been they could have had productive careers, but it just wasn't a nothing served, served them well by being in Cincinnati. So where you get picked matters, not not the round or the, the pick number or any of that. But the city that you're – or the team that you're getting picked, the where you get picked that, that way matters a lot for these guys.
1: Yep, we, man. Had, we had that discussion <laughs> with the longest-tenured beat writer in the whole world. I mean, and for the Dallas Cowboy, he was, uh,
0: Well, that man, guy doesn't
2: know what he's talking about. What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> man, he argued us down over that thing.
0: because Basically, the point was Pat Mahomes would have been a good quarterback, but Pat Mahomes probably might not be Pat Mahomes we know if he doesn't go to the Chiefs. Where he's able to sit behind what's his face for a year, get me. get played, played coached by you know Andy Reid, one of the best offensive minds in the league, and so everything fit in, and then you add his talent to it, and you get what you get, which is all the success, you know, as opposed to if he went to pick one of the worst franchises. If he goes to Washington, you think Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes in Washington? Uh, probably no. not.
2: So Clarence yeah. said yes. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah.
0: He would have been great everywhere.
1: Well, he argues in a circle. You know, he, and, he makes a uh, point for you, and then he takes it back, and then he gives it back to you.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, because my whole point was look at – you ain't got to do no further than look at the Cowboys. You know, and Troy, Emmett, and Michael will well, all tell you, we we weren't any good under Dave Shuler. We were doing this, we were doing that. We just weren't that good. North came in, told us, oh, you do this good. I saw we're going to do. And lo and behold, he, he jump-started all our careers. So I mean, if they say it, I, I kind of believe it. I believe most of the times, most of the times, you end up with a guy who ends up in the right system, and it's a combination of both. I got the right talent for this system that allows me to flourish, and that enhances my greatness, and that and allows it to come out. Now, there's some some uh, obviously there's some uh, right, there's always
2: outliers on things, right? And the, that yeah, and, and maybe some guys would have been an outlier, but. I think he landed in the perfect situation for all the reasons that you guys said. Yeah.
0: Well, it kind of reminds me of the Patriots, really, where you got the, the the best quarterback with the best defensive mind, and they can play off each other. And, you know, here you got one of the best quarterbacks with a great offensive mind, and so they get to play off each other.
1: Well, if Brady's yeah. drafted by the Bengals, is he Brady? Nope. <laughs> Nobody somebody,
0: thinks he is.
1: Yeah. I mean, he he's probably pretty good, but. Like you say, the environment. Like I said, if, if Mahomes switched David Carr and Mahomes and let him get sacked 68 times his first year, you know.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I feel you. One last thing before we let you go, bro. Uh, okay. Peter, because uh, we're going to get into this next. Peter King, one of the greats, announced his uh, retirement in his uh, column yesterday. Uh, generated quite a buzz on social media. What's uh, What's your Peter King story?
2: I mean, you just kind of repeat what a lot of people say, just how how good he was to you when you're coming up in the business and and helping you out and maybe, you know, you could ask him questions and uh, he'd listen to you. It wasn't just kind of a guy who thought he had all the answers and you could say stuff to him that he'd be like, oh, that's an – it. you know, he'd appreciate your feedback and ideas back to him. I sent him a – I guess this is the wrong thing to do. You're supposed to go on social media and wish everybody well in retirement and and suck up to him publicly, which I think is – it's nice to do but I think there's a little glory hound deal going on when people do that <laughs> I I sent him a text message and the one thing that I that with um, Peter that I've I've appreciated is enthusiasm that he has for the job because this can be a a, a beating and a, and a and a beat down in a lot of respect and I, look we're not digging ditches or anything don't get me wrong but when you're doing the same thing over and over again you, you just kind of you can get in a rut and you can but he never found that. He always found something different and new to that had him enthusiastic for the job, for the stories he was trying to tell. And look, he, he has, he had a lot more access than a lot of us will ever get, but he used it the right way and was able to tell a lot of good stories. And I, I ended it with this in my text when, in Jock, I think you'll like this when we have the more news I'm interviewing and Bob Yates asked me, what's the, what's the number one job as a, as a beat writer. And I'm like, going to be johnny journalists well it's the break news bob and you got to be on top of the beat and you want everybody to come to you and i'm going on and on and he goes no and i'm like oh god i love that answer and he goes it's (laughs) to serve the reader and that's one thing that's always stuck with me what bob told me and i think peter peter king always kept the reader in mind he wasn't writing for agents he wasn't writing for coaches he wasn't writing for the football people he was writing for the reader and I think there's a lot of people in the business today that need to remember that you're writing for the reader. You're not writing for yourself. You're not writing for other writers. You're not writing for coaches or GMs or agents or any of those people. You're writing for the people who are reading your stuff.
0: That's a uh, that's a really good point. I think uh, I don't know if I have thought about it quite like that, uh, but I think that's a really good point. And I think and I know some people certainly write for themselves. Um and some people write, you know, for whatever. But uh yeah, I think it's always important to keep your reader at the forefront. Now here's what's interesting to me about that. Like when you're doing when I was doing radio full time at ESPN, I really I really lived it because it's not your show, it's your audience's show. And right. what they wanna what they wanna listen to or what they wanna talk about trumps what you want to talk about in real talk i used to get you know with will chambers was doing a show we used to have these off air you know heated conversations fairly frequently cuz he want to talk college basketball cuz that's what he loves I'm like bro you're in dallas nobody cares about college basketball bro until the tournament and so you can't be brant nobody cares about kentucky basketball here uh in cincinnati yeah they, that's a college basketball place they they can get down with it got xavier and some other things, Kentucky right down the road, they, they'll they rock with you on that. Here, man, they want some football. And until the tournament, we, we just got to ease up on this college basketball conversation because it's not our show, it's their show. And then once you become a really, you know, if you're on the ticket, then you can throw on some vegetables every now and then. But, you know, until you become one of those big-time shows or big-time stations, you got to let them kids eat candy all day, every day, man, because you got to get right. them in there. So, you know, and I think we try to do that with the podcast. You know, there's some things I love to talk about that I just pass on because it ain't my show. It's the audience's show.
1: Yep. Like we were right. talking about peanut butter and stuff.
0: You know what, man? I love you. Take this four-letter word I'm thinking about and enjoy
1: it. I just said peanut butter, man. <laughs> Ali, you you want to talk about nine you different know. kinds of peanut butter? It's okay, man. It's the people's you know show. What,
0: That's man. what they want to hear. The 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 best and worst thing that happened is when Spicy Todd showed up and Joe decided he could be Spicy Joe, and now it's, it's <laughs> really, just, really. yeah he gave he gave you permission to be Spicy Joe. I've been Joe. Spicy for 50, 60. 60. Yeah. But it used to be Spicy 60. off the air. <laughs> it used to be Spicy off the air. Now it's Spicy on the air. I'm sorry. You no, know, <laughs> you didn't let the genie out the bottle, and I can't stuff that big twelve-letter cuss word back in it. <laughs> All
2: right, So there you go.
0: Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All appreciate right. you Arch. Enjoy, uh, right, Indy, and uh, thanks for
2: me. I'll, I'll get you some from cocktail. <laughs> I
1: ain't gonna ask you. I ain't gonna ask you about the players because last time, you know, we got we got jumped on by asking about some notes and stuff. So I'm just gonna. Yeah, I just right. leave that to my imagination. It's always good talking to you, man.
2: <laughs> all right, sounds good.
0: <laughs> all right, you that's good. Todd. All right, bro, that's Todd Archie. Brought to you each and every Wednesday. By Smoky John's Barbecue. Uh, we appreciate Arch coming on today. Uh, he, he got a lot of moving parts up there in the combine, uh, but we, we negotiated a good time yesterday because, like I said, he had some few things to do today. Uh, Smoky John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird. Get by there as soon as you can. make a trip of it if you don't live in uh, being close to downtown, because it's about five minutes from downtown, north of downtown. You don't know, live downtown, make a day trip of it on the weekend, man. Roll through like Big Rig did with his lovely wife and his ain't many this weekend. And just swing through. You can enjoy some Smoky John's barbecue. Maybe hit a couple spots downtown before you head back to uh, your part of your neck of the woods. But the jam session bowl, Joe had it. He had nothing but love for it. Great comments on it. And here's the deal it's a mac and cheese. Joe rocked with the mac and cheese base which I haven't done in a long time, or a mashed potato base, and then they throw two out of five smoked meats on it. Joe went with the brisket and the sausage, and then they put all that stuff you find on a loaded baked potato on top, chives and bacon bits and cheese and sour cream, butter, all that good stuff, man. Then you can either drizzle it with sauce or drench it with sauce, and let me tell you, it is to live for. No, No cap. It is... Love in your mouth That's how good it is mm, mm, mm. Jam session <laughs> Why you laughing dog <laughs> It's the jam session bro. Just put a smile on your face Now Joe can attest He can attest It's enough for two And if you got a little shorty I'm telling you All three of y'all can eat off of it If a little kids, five or six All three of y'all can eat off of it No cap yeah. Um, So Yeah I can uh,
1: say that It's good Yeah
0: no, I'm telling you, it's uh, I've, I've, a couple people have handled it by themselves, but it's enough food that it's easy to feed two off of it. And like a real talk, a little short, three of y'all can eat off of it at once. But uh, the jam session bowl is sensational. <laughs> um, the ribs are so good that I tried to get some ribs the other day. Two o'clock on Saturday, they sold out. Yeah,
1: they Boom. was cooking. They was cooking some more. Yeah. But it but was, the, yeah, like you said, like taking like 45 minutes to get some more. But yeah, they sold out. Yeah.
0: So that's how good it was. But the uh, jam session bowls to live for. If you need some Smoky Johns in your mouth, in your life, mm. a little sooner than that, you can always go to the website, smokyjohns.com, click on the marketplace, get the rub or the sauce delivered to your home in a couple of days. If you need it more immediately than that, put your butt in the car and drive to your local HEB. Whether it's in, in uh, I almost said San Antonio because they got it in San Antonio too. But uh, wherever you can find H-E-B, you can find it on the shelves. Uh, the, the rub is doing fantastic. Um, you know, so anyway, at Smoky John's you can get it at HEBs locally and anywhere in Texas. You can order it off the website. You can go to Smokey John's on 1820 West Mockingbird, pick it up in person. You got lots of options and what do you have? No excuses to have Smokey Johns in your life. Why? Because it's love in your mouth. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Sometimes I crack myself up. Yeah, I was just now, thinking. That. Uh, uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. Arch got into one of them. It's Peter King. Uh, Peter King from Sports Illustrated announced his retirement uh, in his column. Uh, which used to be called Monday Morning Quarterback It's been called f- I think Football Morning in America For the last five years or so uh, It's uh, It's guaranteed It's must read for most NFL fans If you're aware of it um, But it's, it's chock full of nuggets From the week And it probably this, this is seriously now He writes so much That it takes probably About 20 minutes to read it Maybe 25 real talk Because there's so much information in there And he's got so many different elements to it um, But here's my thing on Peter King he's, he, Number one He's a great person Like you got to look long and hard Matter of fact let me, let me rephrase that If you got a problem with Peter King You really have to look within yourself and see like Okay what's the problem with me Because he is as genuine and as honest and as likable and as lovable of a person as you can ever meet. And when I was a young reporter, having covered the Cowboys a couple of years, I used to do this with everybody who came through who I knew and, uh, and respected once I found out the courage to talk to him, And uh, I remember asking PK, because that's, that's, that's what you call him if you know him pretty well. Um, I said, hey, and I used to carry these notebook, these index cards around because I did have some nerd-like qualities. I said, PK, what are three things I got to do to be a terrific beat writer like yourself? And uh, he looked at me, and uh, I can't remember one of the two of the things he told me way back then, but one of them he told me was, you need to go to the Senior Bowl. And I said, why? He said, because every coach will be there, every GM will be there, every assistant will be there, and you can have some casual conversations that allow you to meet them and talk to them. And build a relationship And I said okay And like I said I talked to everybody who came through And so Peter King told me to do that Chris Mortensen had told me to do that The late uh, John Clayton told me to do that And so I literally went into my boss's office After the season And I said hey Y'all should let me go to the senior bowl And he said why Because we've never been And I said well Peter King, John Clayton, and John and Chris Mortensen told me I should go. So if they told me I should go, I should go. I don't know why, but they all say I should go, so I should go. And he said, okay, uh, go. Hang out for a few days and, uh, you know, bring us a story back. I said, all right. And so I went and hung out at the senior bowl, and as soon as I went down, I said, oh, my God. Because literally, you'd be on the sidelines, and there would be you know, Tom Coughlin right there. You got a question for Tom Coughlin? Ask him right there. He's there. All the assistant coaches were there. Now, I'm finna give y'all some real talk right here. All the assistant coaches are there. Relatively speaking, there's not a lot of black reporters, there's not a lot of black assistant coaches. And so you guys can create a bond just because there's not a lot of you all, not a lot of coaches, not a lot of reporters. So now you can have create that bond with black coaches, assistant coaches. Now you can call them up and say, hey, how does this work? And basically what I'm saying is it allowed you to bond with them, get information from them. Not just about the Cowboys. Like, okay, I need a, I, I don't know how the zone blitz works. Let me call one of these guys and ask them. They break it down. Why? Because I don't cover their team, so they don't mind telling me. So stuff like that. So uh, that's what Peter King helped me with. Um, and I just kept in touch with Peter over the years uh, Because I admired his work And I admired his approach And uh, I got the blessings of all blessings Man, this this uh, this fall I was in uh, Now here's what's funny I hadn't talked to Peter probably In two or three years And I was covering uh, Southern Cal and Colorado football game In uh, Boulder With Dion. And I'm up in the press box And I see PK, I say hey What's up, man? How you been? Now, don't laugh, dog. He the only person who's ever called me Jocko. <laughs> he goes, Jocko, how you doing? And so we uh, we started talking. He's probably and, the only uh, person
1: you allowed to call you Jocko.
0: Probably so. Uh, so we ended up, I saw him. So he said, hey, love to talk to you, but uh, I got to get down on the field, blah, 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 blah. I said, all right. And so uh, a few minutes later, I had to go down to the field too. So I'm on the field and we stopped and I talked to him. And I actually got to talk to him probably literally for about 15 minutes. And um, it was great conversation. I was telling him some things I was doing, some other stuff, uh, asked him a couple questions, thanked him again for helping me when I was a young reporter. And uh, I made him laugh because I told him I was working on this, on this book about Dion. And I said, you know, you're one of my inspirations. Matter of fact, I thanked him in my book, in the acknowledgments, for inspiring me uh, to be the kind of reporter that I was. And he started laughing. I said, no, nah, man, because you're the numbers guy. He said, what do you mean? I said, you know, if you had a game and not a lot of people there, you're the kind of person who look in the parking lot and talk about there's 35 cars because you counted them all. Or there's 106 people in the stands because you find that interesting. I said, that resonated with me because I'm a details guy like that. And so I kind of connected like that. And he started laughing, but uh, it, was, it was great to have, like like I said, probably a 15-minute conversation with him, let him know how much I appreciated him, uh, what he did for me, whether he knew it or not. And, uh, and so I was kind of sad when I read that he was retiring yesterday, man, because he's still kicking ass taking names in terms of what he produces. But I do remember him telling me that he had put a hard deadline on himself this year to stop writing at 2 a.m., 2 a. <clears throat> you know, because I asked him, actually, I asked him, what's your process, I said, you can't be producing all that stuff on Sunday night, he said, no, I do a little bit every day, I do a little bit, I have some things I get done during the week, and, you know, he just kind of outlined it to me, and it made sense, but, um, you know, Peter King retired yesterday, I believe, after 44 years in the business, uh, one of the greats and and a great person even more than he is a uh, than he is a great writer. So it'll be interesting to see what he does once he gets bored. Whether he has a podcast, which is not quite so intensive, or something like that. Sorry about that, people. Uh, but uh, you know he's one of the greats. Now another dude who wait, I was going wait, to wait. What? Peter King.
1: Let me tell you what I think about Peter King in two two minutes. Peter King, you
0: can, you can take three minutes if you want to. All
1: right, then. Peter King, um, he he he, like I was saying, he writes for the fan. Always been an easy read, you know. Sports Illustrated, you, you didn't hit Sports Illustrated without hitting Peter King, right? Right. You know, and uh, what was he? He was the back page, right?
0: Something like nah, that. No, not really. Well, sometimes he, he may have a story back there, but what I'm
1: saying, it was really, just, he just did. His thing was to me. It was the detail before you had any of those pieces. I didn't know. I didn't know John Clayton had passed. R.I.P. John, the professor. But uh, Peter, before any of those inside guys, you, you you got all your stuff from Peter King. He kind of yeah. inspired all them all of them guys at ESPN because he was the inside guy. You read things that you didn't read about with him. And the last thing I want to say on his greatness is that he evolved. With the times Before I knew yeah, he Last week I was watching a video Maybe before the Super Bowl I was watching a video of him Going over plays with Andy Reid Andy Reid had his play call sheet And him and, him and Peter King Were discussing that So before all the reporters Was like kind of surface guys Peter King was always You could trust Peter King Because he was in depth What he was writing Was what you saw on Sunday and that's what I think about Peter King. I, I like him too.
0: You know why he was doing it like that? Because he was always asking why.
1: Well, okay. I'm serious. <laughs> I know. You wipe my ass to death <coughs> on, on and off. It it, it it irritates the hell out of me off off air than it does on air. Because I be wanting to say, man, if you don't stop that, man. why? I hey, man, I like everybody. I like biscuits. Why? I like I, I don't I don't like cricket Hey man, you ain't got to know why I like biscuits.
0: Hey man, I'm I'm, I'm naturally curious, so I ask why yeah. about everything uh-huh. My workout guys, they probably drive them crazy. I do the same thing. Well, the
1: person don't want to be rude and just not talk to you, ass. But sometimes you why why why, and I just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's your clue to stop asking me why. But anyway,
0: no Peter King's greatness. Uh, yeah. Another dude whose greatness, who many of you all may not know about. And when I say he's greatness, he is. Uh, it's a different level of greatness, but it's, it's great nonetheless. And that's uh, Rod Parker. Uh, you know Rod Parker? Of course, the, the journalist. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, Rod wow. Parker been you know if you if you a sports nut like me, Rod Parker been on everything and off of everything and on everything. Yeah. I don't always what I like about the reporter stuff is that it's like with you, Clarence, Calvin, Todd. I don't know. Y'all, y'all, y'all write some good stuff. I don't always agree with it, but it's always good. And that's why I feel like Rob Parker. I don't, I don't agree with what he say, but it's well-founded and it's well-spoken and it's, you know, it's a good opinion, but a lot of times, nah, I don't agree with that. But I respect the hell out of Rob.
0: No, Rob, uh, Rob has been on first take with Skip Bayless. He was a columnist Mm -hmm. uh, in Detroit for years. He's, He's got a a daily radio show on Fox with uh, Chris Broussard called The Odd Couple, I believe. Yep. Uh, I met Rob. So he's one of the greats in the business, one of the big dudes in the business. I met Rob in 1988, I believe. I was an intern at the New York Times. Rob covered baseball for the New York Daily News. And he saw a young brother in the press box. He just walked up and, Rob Parker, whatever you need, I got you. I've been in touch with him just about ever since, in some way, shape, or form. But what Rob has done, man, I mean, Rob is just one of, the, one of the giants in the business because he's about giving back. Some people talk about it, and some people do it. And I'm not talking about just do it for himself. Um, what he did last week, he sent me a text last week, man. He's launching an all-black sports radio station in Detroit. Think about that. Think about somebody launching an all-black radio station like The Ticket in Dallas. Think about that. Um, And it's combining, uh, as he said, uh, they're trying to hire a program director right now. The goal is to make it a network in the top 25 black markets across the country. Um, And it's about creating opportunities for black people. He's got a website called MLB Bro, Which does what? Focuses on black players in the big leagues. And some of y'all may be thinking like, okay, what's the big deal? Why do y'all need a black radio station? It's about creating opportunities for others. Now, let me just give you a small example. This is not hate. This is not shade. This is just facts. Okay. How many we got a city of Dallas, one of the largest cities in America. Uh, you you got an NBA team And an NFL team Which carry the most weight around here You got a city Check the demographics Predominantly black Brown athletes You don't have hardly any black or brown people Covering them That matters It matters in terms of context It matters in terms of how you relate to them It matters in terms of whether they get their message out It matters in terms of how they're viewed by the public and this is not, this is just facts. Who do you, th- you know, and when you look at the columnists, the opinion makers for the papers, Tim Cowshaw, Kevin Sherrington, two of my favorite people in the world. But I'm just asking y'all, do you think 60-year-old white men relate to 25-year-old black men better than perhaps a 65-year-old black man would? I would say the answer is no. And that's not any shade on them. Do you think... 45, 50-year-old Mac Ingle, one of my boys for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. You think he relates to young black men as well as another young black man would? No. And I'm not saying they should all be, all columnists or opinion makers should be black. They shouldn't. What you should have is what, dog A diversity of opinion. If you look at the sports market in Dallas, overwhelmingly, there's not a diversity of opinion. Let's look at the ticket. They got four primary shows. They got one black host. Let's look at the fan. They got three primary shows. I think they, I don't think they have a black host. We can include Chris Arnold, who does, who does a variety of roles for them. Uh, and they've got a producer who's got a, who's got a role uh, doing some things. Uh, let's look at The, uh, the Freak. Which Ben and Skinner are on now. They, them and Mike Reiner helped start it. They took a lot of people from the ticket and from the fan. They got any black voices over there? In, in roles as hosting? No. They just gave Kevin Gray, good young brother. A, uh, he does the mass pre-game, post-game. But in terms of setting opinions, do they have any black folks over there? No. There's no diversity of opinion, which is not good. You need diversity of opinion for no other reason than for you to sit there and go, ah, oh, you know what, I hadn't thought of that. That's all you need. When there's no diversity of opinion, people think the same way. And I'm going to give you a good example. And I've heard, I heard this on the radio several times, and I've experienced it myself a couple times. When you don't have diversity of opinion, and this came up, not, this came up in a non-hostile manner with Will. It was a good example when I was doing a daily radio show with Will Chambers. We were talking about Led Zeppelin one day. He said, I can't believe you never listened to Led Zeppelin. Da, 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 da. I mean, that one of the greatest rock bands ever. How could you not know their best songs? And my answer was, I don't like rock music. So why would I listen to it? And then I pulled out, hey, this is my favorite R.B. thing. Have you heard of Orange Juice Jones? I saw you. Please stop. Standing in the rain, and the answer was, huh? What? What is that? I said, see,
1: well, that's some stuff I, I listen to that, I know, that you don't I, even like. I know both. I know, well, I, know I know, I know, I know. Orange Juice Jones and I know Starway to Heaven, and and right? you gotta, you gotta be versatile in music. That's why Puff Daddy don't pull nothing on you when he. Uses cashmere. <laughs> He uses it, cashmere in one of his songs And goes you hear that new Puff Daddy No that's cashmere dog That's Led Zeppelin That ain't uh, Puff Daddy But alright then. So,
0: the point is When there's no diversity of opinion You think everybody kind of falls the line with you And that's not really the case And so what Rob is doing
1: Can I say something about is, diversity uh, to, I want not say something yeah. about diversity Diversity if, if diversity hit their bottom line They care about diversity but it don't hit their bottom line. It don't, you know. That's that's the thing about that's the that's the gist of diversity of why you don't have to include diversity. It's not that you don't care. It's just that it don't hit your bottom line. If they felt like they make uh, enough mo- more money to be diverse, then it would be more diversity. They would create more opportunity. That's what I definitely I think. I think they should create more opportunity, but they don't care because it ain't about it's about that money. I want, yeah, I, some, I, I want diversity. I want I diversity. That that. Yeah. I think
0: I think it's uh I think an element of that is true and the other element is they just don't even think about it. It's not they don't think, oh, it would be I mean. Money like, money talks. Uh, it's really, money <laughs> money
1: gonna make you think about it. If they thought they'd gained that much more money by being diverse, they would do it. Look at the ESPN, look at it, look at the ESPN. The ESPN kicked it up a notch once they became diverse. Why do you have so many women? Why do you have so many people of color? Diversity. Why do you have so many crazy-ass people? You know, why is Pat McAfee on now? Diversity. He goes against everything ESPN used to do five years ago.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, money talks and the rest of that stuff walk. That's what I'm saying.
0: Well... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really trying to go down a deep rabbit hole on that. Yeah. On the air. Because uh, cause we could go down that and it'd be a very enlightening, interesting conversation. Uh, but uh, I'm going to leave it with Rob Parker. Okay. Yeah, we're going. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, got you. Moving mountains and um, creating opportunities for people where they don't exist. And uh, that's, uh, that's a wonderful thing. And I'm, I'm glad he's doing it. And I wish him well. Uh, and I sent that to him in a text because I was like, "Dog, you're doing some incredible work, uh, just creating opportunities and outlets for people to do what they what they love to do." And then uh, Peter King, he is the man amongst men, the king of kings. He got a great last name for what he does because uh, he has been one of the kings in journalism.
1: Yeah, just so I say, that, he, my friend, like I said, he he went through every era: the, the print, the TV, now the social media. I mean, he's been the man through all of that. Everybody ain't capable. No,
0: you know? they're not. Uh and with that, let's take a quick trip around the block.
1: Around the block.
0: Uh I was gonna start with this. My my daughter had a uh birthday gathering at a family at Benny Hannas last night. And uh it was. I, I was taking. I was. I was just kind of observing through most of the evening. Uh, the interaction with everybody, the siblings, because this was the diverse group that we had. <clears throat> we had two parents. We had my daughter who has two kids, so we had two grandkids there. Then we had my son. So he was there with his sister and his parents. But my son is what? He's also an uncle to his uh, youngest, to my daughter's youngest uh, son. I mean, to my daughter's son. He's also an uncle to my daughter's daughter. But because they're only two years apart, they grew up with much more of a sibling relationship. So they're more like a brother and sister than they are an aunt and uncle. So I was watching all the dynamics at Place last night. It was all kind of interesting to me. But the funniest dynamic, I should have sent you a picture of this, dog, just because it was funny to me. Was at one point, I took a picture, unbeknownst to them. And all three kids, my son, my granddaughter, my grandson, were all sitting, standing next to each other at the table at Benny Hanna's. And they was all on the phone in their own world and i took a picture of that and i sent it to the group text and i was like today's society and when they got it they started laughing uh, but but uh just because you know i'm a stickler for trying to be engaged and not on my phone when i'm at dinner or at a meal or having a conversation with people and sometimes i have to catch myself in it is that ever an issue for you
1: yeah because you you texting about the moment while you in the moment and how the hell can you enjoy the moment you know you you so busy taking pictures i mean i get i get you don't take pictures of your food i get it everybody want to be i I don't know you understand what i'm saying like sometimes if i'm at somebody's house you're at my house and we talking i can't stand when people are trying to have a conversation with me and that damn telephone because if you at my house, if you at my house, I'm not gonna be communicating with Jacques back and forth. I'm not gonna be trying right. to look at something. I'm gonna give you my undivided attention, and I'm old school like that because you my guest. You know, if I'm right. a guest at your house and we having a conversation, and you trying to group text and do all the rest of that stuff, yeah. And another thing is um, being in public places. If you're waiting on the bus or you waiting on the shuttle or doing something, a lot of times people get right into their phone. They don't look at their surroundings, you know. That was the kind of thing back, when, back in the day when my kids wanted the uh, Game Boy. And I was like, nah, y'all already got PlayStations and Xboxes and all of that. My mom, my mom who loved her grandkids, said, why you don't get them a Game Boy? I said, because they got to see where they're going. They got to be able to tell somebody, this is how you get to my house. As soon right. as we take off, if you pop that Game Boy out and you're looking at that damn thing, you ain't going to know nothing about your surroundings.
0: Now, that is true these days.
1: Yeah. So, that's uh, that's, just, that's my problem. Check your phone.
0: I just I just sent you a picture. I had to tell him that because Joe, being a good producer, turns his phone on Do Not Disturb. So, he don't see nothing until after the show.
1: Yeah. Apple got a new update that shows all the photos and texts that a certain mm-hmm. person would that, that individual sent you my, Your shit is filling up Really quickly
0: What do you mean?
1: Uh, the new update on Apple Like you can You can look at Like I can look at Your profile And just click on it And it'll say mm-hmm. You wanna see all the photos That Jacques has sent you Over the whole time We've been Talking and Interesting I can, I can look at everything
0: Interesting Oh yeah Uh Dude you got me going down a very quick rabbit hole Somebody put on TikTok yesterday It <laughs> put on TikTok yesterday This new Apple update Has ruined my life My that. wife just found out Waffle House yeah. Got a picture
1: the, the, Wha- the, the update sends a picture Of the person that's calling <laughs> yeah. Now my wife knows who Waffle House Really is My question <laughs> is Okay I guess you ordered you, I don't know <laughs> Why would Waffle House Call you back You would be calling yeah. Waffle House But yeah, I, think, I, get, uh, I get the gist
0: now. I think I think they was Just being funny Cause yeah, somebody was. Normally they have Pizza Hut in there Or something like that Or Domino's Yeah Yeah uh, so, But I was cracking up When I saw that Especially when they Talking about the new update Then done it Because more people Complained about the Apple update We could talk about The Apple updates For, for, for a full 20 minutes But uh, here's what uh, Let me ask you this As an opener because I'm going to continue with this story because I'm going to a point. Uh, what did you... Did you learn anything yesterday that you didn't know?
1: Did I learn anything yesterday that I didn't... Know? I mean, I guess if
0: you didn't know it, you would have learned it. Did you learn anything yesterday?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Probably I say that because... I learn something every day, but I'm pretty sure I did. Go ahead.
0: Well, see, I ask you that because we say every day, I learn something every day. I mean, people just throw it out there, but... Did you really learn something today? And it could be something small. It could be something big. So, Doug, this is how. This is how. I. I I was gonna say one word, but it's not. You can't use that word in today's world. This is how silly I felt. So we're leaving Benihanas, and for some reason, my daughter has become obsessed with some sauce they put on her food. And the waitress was supposed to bring it back And it's been like 15 minutes And for whatever reason she ain't brought it And she's like, I'm, I gotta get to I'm like, you know what girl, I love you Safe travels home Text me when you get there, I'm out I'm not finna sit there and wait no more So I'm walking out With my granddaughter, She walking to the car And she says uh, And I go She goes, that's my mom's car right there Cause uh, she rode with her grandmother And I said Oh, she got a remote charger And my daughter got a Camaro like I do And my granddaughter says Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have one And I said Yeah, I thought about getting one But I didn't want to get a new remote and all that stuff So I don't have one Wait, a remote Just what? R- remote charger I mean, yeah we can. A, I mean a remote starter There you go I'm having an old man moment yeah, It's a remote starter like, What
1: is that? Yeah, yeah what a remote starter yeah.
0: yeah. And I said, because I've had one on some other cars I had. I said, yeah, I thought about it, but I didn't want to get new, new keychain and all this other stuff. So, no, nah. she goes, I'm surprised you don't have one. I said, I don't. She said, You sure? I said, Yeah. She said, Let me see your keys. Oh, no. Man, that girl said, Click, click. Yeah. <laughs> she said, Is that your car starting over there? I said, Girl, stop. <laughs> <laughs> she said, Papa, you sad. I said, Really? I got a remote starter on there? Who knew? And then I said my same old thing. I said, see, you learn something new every day. I said, and everything is simple until you, everything is complicated until you know how to do it. Then it's simple.
1: Yeah, for a man who corrects people on the daily, it's called I have remote start. Not a remote start.
0: Remote start, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for correcting me and making me better.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you're going to get me. If I say the score backwards, you're going to get my ass. So there you go.
0: Well, yeah, you should never say the score backwards. Yeah, I put should. on somebody' paper that they turned in the other day, yeah, don't say the score backwards, yeah, it's not it's I mean I don't a, say
1: it wasn't a correction to dog you. I'm just saying you know it's one of them things it's, it's called remote start, uh, yeah,
0: uh, but anyway, I have one now, yeah, I done not blew that thing up, man. <laughs> I used it when I got in the car this morning, yeah, I did it from half a mile away when I got on when I left the gym this morning, yeah, and uh. I sent them a text When I got back home Last night I was like I'm home Uh, Me and my remote starter uh, What is that text I sent them I said Home and happy Now that I got A remote starter And uh, they all just Made fun of me On the group text But uh, it it just Drove home the fact You learn something New every day Yeah your uh, uh,
1: Your car comes With a manual
0: Man let me see. See, I don't think my car came with a manual because I don't have one. Uh, as we discussed yesterday or a few days ago, I leased that car. And the guy who brought it to me, there was no manual in it. Oh, uh, okay. Otherwise, it, was still, it would still be in there.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of now, times. Now, maybe he
0: yeah. should have brought one. Yeah. But I ain't going to sit here and tell you that I would have read the manual.
1: A lot of times when you buy a car, though, I don't know. That's what That's one of the things that I look for on a car because it's kind of cool. So you kind of look at all the features, but that's cool though. At least you know, at least you know well, you know, got
0: I, it. I I think what uh I think what happened is because I haven't bought a lot of new cars.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: I mean, like you've bought a lot more cars than I have. Yeah. For I've sure. had um and so when I've had other cars in the past, I've had that added on mm-hmm. as opposed to it coming with my car. And so I was probably just in the mindset of if you don't add it, then you don't have it. But because this is a newer car, yep. it has it. And so, you know, that's kind of like a new technology thing. And now if I got another car, I'd be like, hey, does this come with remote start? And uh, just to be clear before I even got it. But at least this one. And so when they showed up, the manual was not in there. But like I said, I'm not going to sit here and tell y'all I would have been reading the manual because uh, that is not the case.
1: Well, you're not the only person to ever do that because Toyota doesn't tell people all the time, you know, I had a um, Toyota Tacoma And I had to walk out there And test to see if I had it Because you know When you research those cars They'll tell you Check Before you get it added Or go to the shop To try to get it added Make sure you go out there And test Because there's a different Sequence to do it You know It is
0: like I would never hit Lock lock And then Hit this other button
1: Yes That's the whole Uh, thing And kids And another thing Kids I say kids Young people yeah, they'll teach you a lot about that stuff. Sometimes, sometimes you teach them. And yeah, yeah. the the that's one thing that GM gets gets right is the strength of those uh, remote start. Because on my Volkswagen, I had I had to go out and look at that damn car to get it to start. <laughs> on the Caddy, yeah. I could sit be sitting in the restaurant and yep. get that remote, and it's good. You know, like you say, a mile away. So.
0: Yeah so no, I've been having a good time But it's all about You never uh, know what you're gonna get learning.
1: Never know what you're gonna get On Jacques Talk There you go <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nah man Cause somebody else I promise you uh, yeah. I promise yes, you indeed. Yes Somebody indeed. else Is gonna listen to this And be like Oh snap
1: if you I own got a remote If you own a Toyota I own Camry Forerunner, Whatever I've had three Toyotas Go check Go check you know, I
0: guarantee you Somebody gonna Hit us up on Twitter Talking yeah. about it. You ain't gonna believe this I yeah. didn't know I had a remote start, yeah. either. And you, I'm just gonna be laughing
1: Especially if you bought A used Anything I would say Any Toyota Over 2010 And you bought it used Check see if that's see, You know Look at the see. You can look it up on YouTube Look at the sequence Cause there's a sequence To it On a Toyota remote Whereas You know Lock 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 Do this Whatever Hell on right. my On my Passat uh, I could roll the windows down With the damn remote And I didn't know that But I bought it You know I bought it uh, It was 2015 right. I think I bought it in 17 But don't get me started Talking about them cars And their features But yeah nah, It's all nah, good The nah, windows so. rolled down How about that That's crazy <laughs> With the damn remote Yeah <coughs>
0: Well, that's what I learned uh, coming back for Benny Hodges yesterday, and it was uh, it was very interesting. Made my day, but you learn something every day, uh, and be li- be on the lookout for it. Uh, I think uh, I think that wraps up the block, my brother.
1: That means uh, that means kill the music. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we uh, uh the Mavericks got a big game against Cleveland tonight. If they can win, and the uh, Knicks knock off the Pelicans. For what it's worth, the Mavericks will move into fifth place in the Western Conference. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal on February 27th, whether they're in fifth place or fourth place. Uh, They just need to be playing good basketball. And if you play good basketball and put a little streak together over the next six weeks heading into the playoffs, that's all that matters. You just want to be playing your best basketball when the playoffs start. Your record doesn't really matter just are you am I playing my best basketball if so given the team that they have everything else will uh, will fall in line uh real quickly one thing i've been reading a lot of i, I just think it it's uh, it's the funny part of fans to me people are now on a tim hardaway junior sucks thing like he doesn't need to play give jalen Hardney his minutes there's no role for tim hardaway he was why they lost to Indianapolis. He, you know, he has not played well lately. What do we know about Tim Hardaway, Jr.? He's a streaky player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, earlier this year when uh, I think it was when Kyrie went out, Tim Hardaway, Jr. hit like 25 or 30, like seven, eight games in a row and helped the Mavericks stay afloat. But, you know, this is a what have you done for me lately world, and I get that. But Hardaway Jr. is fine. He's at a tough stretch right now. He's a professional. He'll find himself. Uh, If you're not an NBA superstar, most players go through stretches where they ain't no good. And that's what makes superstars superstars because they don't have that inconsistency in their game. But uh, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is fine Uh, at some point. In the next week or two, he'll help the Mavericks win a game because they'll come off the bench, hit four or five threes, score 19 points, and they'll need him on that particular night. So uh, give him some grace and some mercy. Uh, he's not the reason why the season is going south. Matter of fact, the season, they're better than they've been all year. Uh, now it's just a matter of can you get him and Josh Green both playing well at the same time? You do that with Luka and Kyrie. And the rest of the guys and
1: uh you know Yeah, Tim, Tim ain't the problem is the is, is if Jason leave him in too long. You know, that's the it's really how you how you use him. You know what I'm saying? Like like yep. with, with streaky players, you know. Kind of remind you of back in the day, John Starks for the Knicks. You know, he if, right. if, if he was on, he was dunking on you, hit threes and all that, but there's a couple of times in the playoffs where Pat Riley left him in way too long to see if he was gonna heat up. It, you, if Tim ain't heating yeah. up, he need the quick hook. And that's on that's on Jason. I ain't I ain't mad at Tim either.
0: No, man, you know sometimes you're trying to make sure a guy, you're trying to give him an opportunity to see if he can catch Fry because you know what he does. Yep. So, uh, but that's uh, that's the Mavericks' big game with Cleveland tonight, uh, and then they get they get Boston. So uh, before they come back home, um, you know, so if they can end up two and two on this road trip, gotta tell y'all it's been a good trip because this is a, this is a tough one, but even more than wins and losses. It's how you play, because if they lose to Boston, which got the best record in the NBA by a point in the game decided in the fourth quarter, I would not look at that and be like, oh, damn, they lost to Boston. I'd be like, okay, you played a hell of a game this time and you didn't get it, but uh, it's a sign in the right direction that uh, that you're playing well. And to me, that's what matters.
1: Uh, well, the fact they acquired a lot of length, I, like we keep talking about, that, I keep harping on that. The fact that they can get long, they can get big, yeah, that, that's the whole thing for me Is, is uh, that, that give them that They make some versatile
0: No absolutely uh, We always uh, appreciate Grinning and Law Without them We can't make the show happen Smokey John's Barbecue We appreciate them And what they provide Y'all know what it is It's that love in your mouth Go get you some It's delicious It's to live for Smokey John's Barbecue You can always follow the show Go to YouTube Help us out Subscribe, like, and leave a comment at the Real Jacques Talk. Same thing. You can find us on IG at the Real Jacques Talk, and you can find me on Twitter at jjtjournalist. I am Jean Jacques Taylor it is the handle. Uh, until we chat again for Big Join the Big Rig, you guys be blessed.